Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Our study this season is titled Jesus and Me Today. We know Jesus is coming back. With that in mind, what does your today look like? Here's Jacqueline. Let's get to scripture. Today is our last day of Jesus and Me Today study. Have you girls enjoyed this study? It's been a good one. It's very, very real study the, these last few weeks. So we're going to close it with what it's all about. Jesus coming again. That sentence I think many of us have heard multiple times, right? We've heard that. We've read that. We say that. We comfort one another with that. Jesus is coming again. How often do we say that, though, without sitting and thinking about it? Have you ever done that? Say, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming again as we keep on in the world. Keep on with our mentalities. Keep on with our sorrows. Keep on with our heartaches. Keep on with our realities, with our seasons of life, with the stresses in front of us, with the joys in front of us, with our hobbies, with our habits. And we side note, Jesus is coming again. My prayer today is that as we read Revelation 22, that it becomes forefront. That we learn how to keep it forefront, no matter what. Because the world's not going to stop, right? Have you noticed that? The last two years have been very, very evident. (laughs) The world's not going to stop. It doesn't have any intentions on stopping. The ruler of this world has zero intentions of stopping. In fact, I believe, I think the ruler of this world thinks he's winning. I think he truly thinks he is. And he's getting bolder. And he's getting louder. He's getting more daring. But Jesus, Jesus is coming again. This is what Revelation 22 is all about. Before we pray, let's go to Revelation chapter 1. We're going to read the beginning of John's words and the very final of John's words. John chapter 1. We're going to start at the very beginning and read the first eight verses. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. Can you feel John's hand as he writes that sentence? He made this known by sending his angel to his servant, John. John, who bore witness to the word of God. John, who bore witness to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he had seen. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear. Can we write our name right there? That's us. We are the ones that are hearing this prophecy. Just hearing this prophecy proclaims a blessing on us. I love this smile. I love that we their smiles overtake this room as we sit in the sweet blessing of being one who hears these words. And then it says, Blessed are those who keep what is written in it. For the time, hmm, for the time is near. 
Verse 4, it says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. So this is the point. This is to whom he's writing. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of kings on earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. To him who loves us. To him who has freed us from our sins all through his blood and made us a kingdom made us priests to his God and Father, to him be glory, to him be dominion forever and ever. And then it proclaims the word amen. Don't you love hearing that word amen? Verse 7, it says, Behold, and this is where our eyes are set, our heart is set, our mind is set. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, even so, period. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Oh, Heavenly Father, having the words of Jesus on my tongue is such a humbling thing to, to do. I pray, Lord God, that as I, as I read Revelation 22 today, as I read scripture today with my girlfriends, I pray that you will open our ears. I pray that you will proclaim your truth and your truth alone to our hearts, how we need to hear that, why we need to hear it. And I pray that you will deepen our roots in the word of God, deepen our roots in the blood of Jesus Christ, deepen our roots in the love of God. And I pray that the fruit of the Holy Spirit will begin to spill out of us so much more today. Help us to stand. Help us to, to do, to be the very creation you have called us to be. As we wait, as we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, Revelation 22, we lay before you today. I pray that you'll do what you do, what you have done throughout this entire beautiful season that we call Jesus and me today. Go before us, and I thank you already for, do, for doing so. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Mm, Revelation 22. Are we ready? The game plan is simple. We're going to start with verse 1. We're going to read through. If I stop and talk, I stop and talk. If I don't, we take in every single word of it. Sound good? That's the plan. Revelation 22, verse 1. It says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life. It was bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the city of the street, or the, the street of the city, I'm curious how many of us are visual learners. And I would love to see, like, I am not artistic at all, but I would love to see, like, if we could actually get what was in our head on paper, how unique every one of our visions would be. Wouldn't they be so diverse? Because our perception is diverse. The way we think is diverse. The way we see color is diverse. And I would love, I would love to see little images above all of our heads of what we're seeing as we read this description of what John saw as he describes it. 
He says, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed. I love the placement of that sentence after talking about the healing of the nations. That no longer will there be anything accursed. But the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face. May we proclaim the word Selah right there. When we read through the book of Psalms, oftentimes we'll see the word Selah, and it means stop, pause, worship, wonder. And I feel like every time I read verse 4 and I read those simple words, they will see his face. My heart longs for the word Selah to be in there, to force me to stop and think about that. And again, I wonder what visuals we all have above our heads as we stop and see his face. How, how do, do you long, long for that day? That's our reality. That is our truth. That is your story. One day, you'll see his face. They will see his face and his name, his name, will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more, for they will need no light of lamp or no light of sun. For the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. We could easily place an amen right there and close the book, couldn't we? But to all glory to God, it continues. And we see dialogue. We see conversation in the rest of this chapter. We see voices. <clears throat> many, many different voices in this, this segment. I encourage you to do what I did yesterday. I got to sit at uh, Deja Brew yesterday, a little coffee shop that I never visit, ever. <sighs> I kind of lived there. <clears throat> I was sitting there for about an hour and a half, just, just God and me, Revelation 22, and all these different voices were being seen in this chapter. So I made a list of whose voices. And it was a fascinating little study. Highly encouraged. If you're interested in that, note the different voices. And then note the different reactions, the verbal reactions, the active reactions, the different responses that were and that need to be. Good personal study. Very impactful. So watch for your voices. Verse 6, it says, And he said to me, he, we go back, we'll go to the angel. Verse 1 says, The angel showed me all of this. And then the angel said to me, This is John. So here's our first voice that we hear. These words are trustworthy and true. In a world where truth is denied, what a good sentence to behold. These words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And I love the word soon. 
And behold, I am coming soon. Do you see the voice change? This is not the angel talking anymore. It says, and behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of the book. Do you hear Revelation 1? The way John starts is the way Jesus ends this book. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. That is an active verb. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Verse 8, we're back. We're at John now. He says, I, John, another voice. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. How powerful that is. If you're thinking yourself to be a New Testament believer, which we are, let's go back to being a first century believer. Having a word from John was very, very special, very important. There was power in the name of John. Not because John was the son of God, but that John knew the son of God. John had a reputation among the brothers, among the servants, among the followers of God. Everybody knew John. Everybody knew Peter. They knew James. They knew him personally. If they didn't know him personally, they knew somebody who knew him personally, and they sat under his book of John. They, they would receive John and study that together. And then they got a letter called First John from John. First John is good. And they would read First John. And be reminded, love, 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 don't sin. Stop sinning, stop sinning, love. Love, 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 don't sin. Don't sin. Those who love don't sin. Don't sin, love. Love, 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 don't sin, John, love. <laughs> and then they got a little personal letters, you know, chapter John 2 and John 3. And then they get this letter from John. Little different than the letter book of John. Little different than the letters. But John says, get this. This is from me. I, John, I wrote this. There's power in that. A good name is very important to have. John had a good name. Why? Because he stood upon the name of all names. And John says, I am the one who heard these things. I am the one who saw these things. And when I heard and when I saw them, he confesses. I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. How interesting that he shared that embarrassment, that response. He shares that response with his readers. He shares that response, that intimacy with us. How often do we tell our story and we neglect to add a sentence? Huh. <laughs> you ever do that? Oh, this person did that and we don't say what we did. John testifies of the truth. He says, this is what happened. This is what said to me. And I, in response, I couldn't help myself. We see this in um, Revelation chapter 19 as well. I fell down, he says, and I worshipped the feet of the angel, the one who showed me all of this, the one who told me all of this. I, I fell at his feet. Could you imagine like wanting that same response? imagine seeing everything that is in this book and not responding? Sometimes we want to respond physically. We want something to do and not just sit there and be like, amen. <laughs> we want like, we want to do something. John wanted to do something. His whole body wanted to do something in response to what he saw and in response to what he heard. And he couldn't help himself. It's almost as if he just naturally fell 
in worship of what he saw, of what he heard. And we see the voice of the angel once again. He said to me, the angel said to me, you must not do that exclamation mark. And then he says, I think some of the coolest words that I pray that we wrap our our visual around what the angel says to John. He says, you must not do this. I, an angel, am a fellow servant with you. He says, get up, get off your knees, get off your face, get back up on your feet and stand shoulder to shoulder with me because you and I, we're the same. We're fellow servants, you and me. Interesting. I pray that we visualize that. See John. And again, our visual of of what he is, a man, look like. But picture, however your flannel graph from back in the Sunday school day, whatever that looks like, picture John. Picture the angel shoulder to shoulder. Do you see them? Shoulder to shoulder. He's still talking. It's like the dialogue changes. Instead of looking down to the ground, he stands them up and looks side to side. He says, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you, and I am a fellow servant with your brothers, the prophets. So here he's putting himself side by side with John. And then he says, there's a prophet, and all the prophets are side by side by side by side with us. Can you picture a prophet? Just one. What prophet is in your head? Go Old Testament. Do you have a favorite prophet? Can you see him? Visualize them. If you're like, ah, I don't know, prophets. Picture Daniel. Go to the story of Daniel. Write down the name Ezekiel, Isaiah. There's many prophets in the Old Testament. Picture one, just one, for your visual. The angel says, I am standing here. I am a fellow servant with you, John. We're shoulder to shoulder. And Ezekiel, he's my favorite. I'm going to use Ezekiel. Can I cheat and use my favorite? Ezekiel is standing there, John, shoulder to shoulder with you as you're shoulder to shoulder with me. There's no rank. See, there's no rank. We're fellow servants. Me, you, Ezekiel, no different. Do you have your visual? Then he says this. Listen to what the angel says to John. You must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you, with your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book. Who else is standing shoulder to shoulder with the angel, with John, with Ezekiel? It's you. Do you see yourself in that visual? See that. This is what the angel is saying. Does that make your heart skip a beat, pound just a little bit brighter? You are a fellow servant with this angel who gave this visual to John, who is standing side by side with that angel, who is standing side by side with Ezekiel, that prophet that's in your head. And they're standing side by side with you. Selah. So many places in this chapter that I want to just stop and be like, write the word Selah, John. Add Selah. We can't keep going. We have to stop. But he ultimately says that. Look at how he finishes his speech. He says, I'm a fellow servant, John. I'm a fellow servant with you. Ezekiel is right next to us. And those girls, those women inseparable that can't take it anymore, 
They're standing shoulder to shoulder with us. And then there's a period and two little words. He says, worship God. That command is for himself. That angel is saying that to himself. He's saying that to John. He's saying that to the prophets. And he's saying that to you. Worship God. Like Jesus and me today, what does that look like? It looks like those two words. Worship God. With your mind, worship God. With your mouth, worship God. With your hands, what do your hands do? What do they do? Worship God with it. As you are where you are, worship God. Like, but my hands don't do much. Watch them. Go home and just watch your hands today. That's your homework assignment. See what your hands do. You'll be shocked. Your hands do a lot of stuff. Use exactly what your hands do and worship God. That's it? Yeah. Because it'll turn everything that your hands do from doing things for this world to now doing the things in this world, but for God. Even those little things, those little insignificant things our hands do as a woman. They are no longer done in this world. They're now done in this world for the kingdom of God and for his glory. Worship God. Where are your feet going today? Don't go into your calendar for busyness. Go into your calendar. Just take a peek. Where are your feet going today? Worship God. Well, I'm going to be seeing people I've never seen before. Good. Say the name Jesus. Worship God. I get to go to a doctor's appointment after this. I had a girlfriend in this room a couple weeks ago, sitting right here, right next to Darlene. I'm sitting here in a circle, and one of the girls prays over me. And she says, Lord, for whatever reason, you're allowing Jacqueline this opportunity to go to different doctor's offices. I pray that you will go before her in every doctor's office she goes to, that she gets to proclaim the name of Jesus. And it reminded me. That's what I get to do. Worship God. My, my body's not working. Stand side by side with me. We'll let our bodies not work together. And we'll testify the name of Jesus to one more doctor. Worship God. It does not matter, sweet friend, what your season looks like. It doesn't matter what your day looks like. You are standing side by side with that prophet that's on your heart. You are standing side by side by John, the chosen apostle, the one who God loved and you're standing side by side with the angel who has been with Jesus for all of eternity. That's where you're standing. And that, worship God. Could we not just put an amen right there and walk out? There's more. Verse 10, keep watching your, your voices that we hear. Verse 10, it says, And he said to me, he, pronoun, go back. We're talking the angel here. Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. Let the evildoer still do evil. Some of us need to remind ourselves of this sentence. This is a command. <laughs> Let the evildoer still do evil. 
almost as if we need to step away. Do you ever want to take up that fight? Oh, the evil. Let the evil do or still do evil. This is a command in Revelation 22. When the time is near, when the Lord is coming soon, evildoers are going to do evil. Have you noticed that? Let them continue doing evil. Why does not matter. This is what the angel was told to say. Let's listen to what the angel was told to say. Let the evildoers do evil. Well, does that mean I can't pray? Oh, you can always pray. Don't ever not pray. But don't take on a fight that's not yours to take. Don't waste your words. How about this? Let's not waste our words over the evildoers that are doing evil. How about we worship God instead? Let the filthy still be filthy. Puts a bad taste in our mouth. Again, let's not waste our words. Let us worship God. Let the righteous still do right. And we square our shoulders a little bit in Christian pride, which is a good thing. It's okay to have Christian pride. It's a good thing. Keeps our crown balanced. We're going to keep that crown on our head, right? Not falling down. Let the righteous still do right. And let the holy still be holy, sweet friend, that's you. We studied this in Colossians, how we were called holy. This is you. Let you still be you. This is what this is saying. Hold on to that. Don't worry about the evil. Don't worry about the filthy. You do right. You be holy. Behold, verse 12 says, Behold, I am coming soon. Voice change. And it's the same sentence Jesus said the last time he spoke in this chapter. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done, to repay the evil doer for the evil he has done. Vengeance is mine, says the, says the Lord. He will repay. You don't have to worry about what the evil is doing. Jesus will take care of that. <sighs> Worship God. Jesus is coming back to repay each filthy doer for the filthiness he has done. Let that not be a, ha, let that be a prayer over the filthy that they learn righteousness and holiness before the Lord comes again. Let us pray for them, not judge them, not take on a fight that's not ours, not waste our words over it. Let us worship God knowing that God will repay, Jesus will repay. This is why Jesus is coming again. He will take care of it. Jesus says, I'm coming to repay each one for what he has done. That's giving the righteous the payment that the righteous deserves for doing what's right. That's your reward. Like, I don't do what I do for a reward. Why not? I say, let's do things today for a reward. Because throughout the New Testament, we see over and over and over and over the apostles declaring, do for the Lord because the reward is coming your way. Paul says, I fight the fight. I run the race. Why? Because I want my reward. I want that eternity. I want eternal life. I want the crown of life. I want the crown of righteousness. I want to lay this all at the feet of the throne. I run for a reason. I run to win. 
and getting to heaven in the arms of my father, that's a win. That's what I want. We're going to get a reward. And Jesus says right here, I am going to come. I'm coming soon to repay the righteous with a reward for doing what's right. That's coming soon. This time is near. And then he says, I'm coming to repay each one for what he has done. The holy for being holy. There's a reward there. There's a reward there. Jesus and me today, what does that look like? It looks like me letting the evil doers be evil. Letting the filthy still be filthy. Letting the righteous still do right. And letting the holy still be holy. Worshiping God. That's what it looks like today. Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Selah. Blessed are those who wash their robes, so that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and the sexually immoral, the murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Such a dynamic difference. There's a contrast to those who wash their robes. Some of our translations will say that keep his commandments. They're one and the same. It's the same terminology. So whether your, your passage or version says wash their robes or whether it says keep commandments, it's the same idea. It's an active verb of today. Interesting. Take care of yourself. Like my eyes are supposed to take care of others. Yeah, but first, wash your robes. Remember that moat and the beam in our eyes? Wash your robe before you try to clean your friends. Verse 16. We have the sweetest of all voices. I, Jesus, have sent my angel, that angel that's in line, shoulder to shoulder, with John, with you. Jesus says, I have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root. I am the root. I am the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Oh, I pray our visuals see our reward. Voices change in verse 17. It says, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. There's two different voices in that one little sentence. You've got the voice of the Spirit of God saying one word. See what the voice sounds like? Can you hear it in your head? The Spirit says, Come. And then that same sentence, we see another voice that says, The Bride. The bride says one word. What does it say? Come. Who is the bride? The church. The bride is the church. It's the church of God. It's those that have received the risen Son of God as their Savior. Who's the church? Individuals throughout time that set their eyes on Jesus Christ. 
that have chosen, I believe that you came, that you died, that you were buried, that you rose again, that you ascended. I believe. That's the bride. They say one word, come. Do you see the voice? Do you hear their voice? It says, and let the ones who hear say one word, come. Love that. I love, I love this verse. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one hear, who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty not say, come, but let them come. This is a command. It's a let command. Come. You don't know who Jesus Christ is. You don't know that Jesus Christ is the eternal son of God. Come today. Come. Receive Jesus. And look at what it says. It says, let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires, who desires Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let that one come and take the water of life without price. Sweet friend, you could write Isaiah 55 right there. Isaiah 55 is a great correlation study. Come. Say come. Say come. Say come. And if you cannot say come, that means you need to come. And I pray that today you come. And once you come to Jesus and receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that you join the chorus and stand in line as we declare, come. Let that be our word. Let that be our word to, the, to our Savior. Let that be our word to one another. Comfort one another with these words. Seasons are hard. 2022 is challenging. Heartbreak is there. Death is all around us. Sickness is all around us. I have a feeling there's somebody in this room that knows somebody that's sick. Strangely sick. There's weird things going on. How often do we stop and comfort one another? It's okay. We're sick in this world. We're sick of this world. Even so, what? Come. Comfort. There is so much comfort in that. We're talking to somebody who doesn't know Jesus as our Savior. Invite them to come. We have it easy. We have these beautiful invitation cards. I gave one out at a bank just the other day. And I said, I don't know where your relationship is with Jesus Christ. But if you take time with, with what's on this, these verses... You can get to either know Jesus, meet him as your savior, or fall in love with him a little bit more. And the guy smiled. He says, that sounds really good. <laughs> well, hot dog, I think so too. <laughs> I love it. Jesus is always there, always available, without price come. Without price. I warn everyone Verse 18, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. This is a very, very serious warning. If anyone adds to this book, to the visions of John, if anybody adds a vision to this book, God will add to him the plagues that are described in this book. Friend, don't add to this book. Deal? 
sometimes we want to describe this book. We want to dig into this book. We want to rip this book apart to try to figure out this book. And in our innocence, we add things to this book. Don't do that. Deal? We're just going to stop with that one. And then it continues. Verse 19. It says, if anyone... And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, anybody come into this vision and take something out of it because they don't understand it or because they don't like it or they don't like what they're seeing. So they're going to come in and take out like Revelation like 14 or 17. Oh, this part is gross and I don't understand it and it doesn't match the theology in my head. So I'm going to remove this and just say, oh, it's happy and peaceful and great. Here's a warning. If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life. He will take away his share in the holy city, the very vision that is in this book. If there's something in this book, friend, that you don't understand, keep on reading. Just keep on reading. Read one more word. Finish reading it and then go back to the book of Matthew or something. Love reading the book of Matthew. And just read. Keep on reading scripture. You say, but I got stuck in Revelation. I don't, I don't understand. That's okay. Read it. Your blessing comes from those who hear it. You don't have to understand it. You don't have to dissect it. You don't have to dig into it. You don't have to have all the answers. Because a lot of times when we dig into it, get all the answers, we end up in a fight with somebody else and we forget to say the word come. Instead, we waste our words of saying, well, I believe not what our word's supposed to be. Our word's supposed to say even so. Come. Read this book. Oh, read this book and hear the words of this book. But don't you dare. Don't you dare add to it or take away from it. Keep this in mind when you listen to people on the radio or on YouTube or on podcast. There's a lot of preachers out there there's a lot of people out there that want to add to this book, that want to take away from this book, that want to declare they know, they know Revelation. Do you? God does. Jesus does. The Spirit does. We, we are blessed for reading it. We are blessed for hearing it. Is that fair to say? Read Revelation, and if you get in a conversation with somebody, and that conversation steers away from the word come, and it steers away from comfort and joy and the Lord coming again, then I fear you've lost your mark. Is that fair to say? I may have some people not agree <laughs> with me on that one. I'm okay with that. Verse 20. He who testifies to these things says this, whose voice do you hear? Says, surely I am coming soon. This is how our book ends. Our book ends with our Savior saying, surely I am coming soon. And then John adds the words, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with us all. Amen. Jesus and me today, he's coming again. He's coming soon. The time is near. 
His hour is at hand. We know these phrases. John knew these phrases. In the first century, John was writing these. Soon. Near. Come. And here we are in 2022 saying soon. Near. Come. We look at our calendar, our 24 hours a day. We look at our hour, 60 minutes. We look at our text that we send to somebody and we wonder why they haven't responded and it's been two and a half minutes. <laughs> we live in a different day than John did. When Jesus says, I'm coming soon, soon there was no time. It's his timeline. And we try to look into it and we try to dig into the answer of when is soon is going to come. It's going to come. It might not be at a set 2.53 on a Tuesday afternoon because that time, our timeline didn't exist in the first century. Wrap your head around that. They didn't have a 24-hour day time period in the first century. They measured everything by seasons. Do you hear scripture in your head about seasons? Seasons matter. Good seasons, hard seasons, working seasons. We are in a season of work. We're in a season of do, because Jesus is coming again. We have neighbors that need us. Do we not? We say that. It's a true sentence. We have coworkers. Oh, we have coworkers that need us. We have spouses that need us, children that need us. Jesus is coming again. What are we going to do? May we do as we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Deal? Heavenly Father, Lord, how gracious you are to give us your Son. Lord, the name of Jesus is just such an amazing name. It stops all thoughts. It begs for worship. It comforts every soul. It heals every sorrow. It saves every mankind. Lord, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what we think of ourselves. Your Son, Jesus Christ, loved us enough to die on the cross for us to separate himself. He literally separated himself from you because he loved us so much. He spent time in death. He spent time in the grave. And in the power of God, he rose again. He conquered that separation. He conquered death. He conquered grave. He conquered our sin. He conquered our shame. He loved us. Oh, Jesus, how you love us. I thank you so much for the gift of salvation. I thank you that you make it so easy that if we call on the name of Jesus Christ, we will be saved. That's your promise. I thank you that even with the gift of salvation, you give us the gift of eternal life. You gave us the gift of heaven, eternity with God the Father, forever with him. Something I can't wrap my head around something John had a hard time wrapping his head around as he penned these words for us to read today. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll keep our eyes on our reward. That we'll remember as we live in this world that we're not 
We are not of this world. That through Jesus Christ, we are of God. We are in God. We are taken care of by God. We are loved by God. We are God's. I pray that our hands will show that today. That our words, that our face, that our attitude, that our responses, that our feet, that our soul, that our laughter, that our tears will declare that we live today because Jesus is coming again. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll be with those that we know that are not saved. Lord God, may we humbly ask that you use us to lead them to the Lord. Lord, I've got a name on my heart, and I know everyone who's praying with me has a name on their heart. Lord, I pray salvation over that name right now. Lord Jesus, we love you. And in our love for you, we say, come. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Um, Jesus and me today. Done. It's always bittersweet, isn't it? Ending a series is always bittersweet. Beautiful, beautiful study. But the end of a study means the start of a new study. This last week, I've had opportunity to dig into it, to get going through it, to start studying scripture for it, to get an outline for our next study. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good study. It's going to be an eight-week study that starts on April 7th. We'll be live Thursday mornings. We'll have Zoom groups. We'll have home groups. We'll have our online group. We'll have video. We'll have podcasts. Come as you are, where you are, as is comfortable for you. We're going to do a study entitled, But God. Not a question. There's no question in those two words. We're not asking God, but we're declaring, but God. We all have a story. We all have a story. But God. The prayer for this eight-week study is that we will together live our story. For God, today, as we are, where we are. You ready to live? We just did a Jesus and Me Today study. We're going to put some feet. (laughs) And all ECC women giggle. We're going to put some feet to this message. Sound good? It's time to get real. Because if we keep doing Bible study after Bible study after Bible study and we don't put feet to the message and Jesus is coming again, then who's being affected by all of our studying? Let's not be a group that just studies the Bible. Let's be scripture warriors that apply it, that live it. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable@gmail.com. at gmail.com.